have to fear is fear itself. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. My balls are hot. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And welcome to another episode of Tank at the Tavern, the live edition, the live show of Whiskey, Beer, and Conspiracy Podcasts. I am one of your hosts, Big Country, as always, on the other end of the mic. I'm Boy. And Chris. That's right. And of course, the man of the hour, the man of the live, Mr. Noel Rodriguez. You know him as Tank. Tank at the Tavern. Welcome. Gentlemen and ladies of the evening, this is Noel, a.k.a. Tank, broadcasting from Central Texas. God bless you. Good to have you. Yeah, absolutely. And last but certainly not least, another a special guest on tonight's live show. Um, you know where you love her. Dynamite researcher, fantastic documentary maker. Uh, she's already decorated for Christmas. She's got a cool <laughs> sign in the back. Uh, Miss Natalie Denise, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, what's up, guys? Thanks so much. I I decide when I how much time I get with my Christmas decor. Okay, so I decided at the end of October I was like, it's going up. <laughs> this is a this is a constant battle at my house. My wife she wants it to bring out the Christmas decorations earlier and earlier, and I have we fight about it every year. And it's the day after Thanksgiving, all that can come out, yeah. but not before Thanksgiving. Yeah, same same <laughs> argument here. Same well, argument. guys, you know my name is Noel, so if it was up to me, I could have tree up in the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Okay, all right. <laughs> All right, let's not offend too many religions tonight, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, before we get into tonight's uh, topic for the uh, part two, if you will, the part one that we had um, when we spoke on Chris Cornell's uh, potential murder, um, I just wanted to address something real quick because it just transpired this last week. Uh, have they finished counting Arizona? No. No. <clears throat> no. No, there's even parts, uh, there's even certain races in California that haven't finished counting yet, dude. What are we doing? Fixing the election. That's <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Just count, keep counting votes until you get the winner yeah. that you want. That's yeah. the way it works. <laughs> yeah. That's how it happened with Nevada. Yep. Yeah. But America's Got Talent can tally 50 million votes in a commercial break. Oh yeah, they update COVID cases daily. They know exactly how many cases there are, but they can't yeah. count fucking ballots. Here, I got one for you guys. I'll mute my mic just for a second so you don't hear me typing. Um, yeah, I, I found really interesting that, um, of course, they did it again with if you look down the ticket, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Strong Republican show out or whatever. But then they're like, we love all of those people, but we really hate the person who's going to be the governor. So I'll yeah. vote the other way. It's just, it's just yeah. I mean, we know, come on, we know the game. Come on. What are we come doing? On. Yeah. People are still like, what? They're still counting. Of course yeah. they're still counting. What do you think this was, man? <laughs> I come know, on. right? Come on. Be like New Year's here. and they're like, oh. <laughs> 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 grow up, Peter Pan. If you think that's yeah. how things are actually done. <laughs> yeah. Come on. <clears throat> Anywho. Um, Natalie, why don't you take a, uh, just this portion here to introduce yourself, tell everybody what you do, 
um, and, and how it kind of, and how did you get to where you are? Uh, yeah. So I think a majority of my stuff started on Instagram where I was, you know, back in, back at the beginning of the planpocalypse, like everybody was kind of like huddled in. Um, there were some things that I was aware of already. So when I saw that the mainstream media was really playing up their, you know, their antics, uh, and it was mostly during the George Floyd type of uh, events, whilst the whole planpocalypse events, I was like, yo, look at how this guy's, don't you see it? So it was mostly to post for my fa- friends and family on my personal account on Instagram. And then somehow people just followed me because I was, I was posting like all of these videos and, um, you know, that was really the, the brink of the truther movement as well. And so that's where I got a lot of my following. Um, I did actually do, uh, some YouTube videos as well. They're now, uh, rehomed on my website, nataliedenise.com for free. So if anybody wants to go watch those videos, they're, they're on the homepage for free. Um, but the notoriety on my YouTube channel really started from those videos where I was doing digs on like, you know, the things that were making a lot of rage, like Lady Gaga, Marina Abramovic, um, Bill Gates, you know, things like this. Um, and they, it's kind of weird how our pop culture kind of, how, how it's viable today because our pop culture is weird. It's like, our pop culture is a mixture of politics and, you know, research and digging. So I guess that's like, that's my, that's my focal point is pop culture and retro pop culture. I'm just a pop culture enthusiast, but yeah. looking at it through a critical lens. So that's that I, in a long form, that's how I got to where I'm at. But I also do, sorry, not to go be so long winded, but I also do a lot of anti-trafficking uh, awareness with my Hell other yeah. platform on Instagram called the daily traffic. Uh, so, you know, that's also another endeavor that makes me very busy that I've been a, you know, a part of for the past decade. So, you know, when people became aware of and, you know, oh my gosh, how much human trafficking, really people didn't at mass know until like 2019, 2020. Um, so me being like on, in the street ministries and, you know, visiting the safe houses, way way back when i was like yeah this this has been a big problem especially in Mm -hmm. houston this is you know so you know that's that's another component to me and some of my uh you know just some backing on my platform yeah uh, now as far as those human trafficking numbers we we all learned and we know Right, guys, that those numbers are um, overinflated <laughs> for political gains. Yeah, for for what 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 did what did they say for uh, um, for money? For, yeah, <laughs> for money. Yeah, they wanted to inflate the numbers that way they can get more funding to support the local agencies. Yeah. Um, isn't that yeah. isn't that Lee aware of the uh, bonehead bulletin coming out of off the cuff? No, nah, he would just make you mad. Well, no, I think I mentioned it to her. Uh, yeah. about it kind of briefly um let me take that banner down that's dumb that made me laugh though <laughs> it made me laugh i don't know yeah those deaths are super overinflated um, i didn't want to laugh because you put it up when she was talking about trafficking <laughs> so they're like look at this asshole you know uh, <laughs> no i i might have shared that story briefly with you natalie about uh this these guys that run the show and they did an episode about uh, can we trust the statistics on human trafficking? And basically their point of view was, um, no, we can't trust them. And they're overinflated on purpose. And they were coming from the point of view of they're doing it for money. 
and for and, fear and for fear and that yeah people get trafficked but what's the difference between sex trafficking and human and trafficking prostitution. or prostitution yeah and so we we basically reached out to them and they were like hey uh that's really fucked up and uh then they like commented on or they made a comment on their show about it so we went back and forth but we kept tagging them in this group called the rad movement that boya got in contact with which mm -hmm. is a group of women in san diego and mothers that basically put out alerts use all their resources and then they help find these missing girls kids uh boys too mm -hmm. um, adults post, too not just not just yeah. kids and then they'll post like missing and then like two days later found. And yeah. so we tag them in every single one of those. But <laughs> uh, long story, sh long story short, fuck those guys. Yeah. And what yeah. They said about human trafficking because it's uh, it's it's a huge issue. And it's another reason we wanted to have you on the show, not necessarily just to talk about um, Chris Cornell and the docuseries that you did uh, concerning that mysterious death, but a little bit of the trafficking as well. Um but staying with the live, um, I know I sent uh, Tank's report to you. Uh, God bless you if you made it through it, because this man can <laughs> write. And uh, he's like, hey, I just sent you a file. I was like, oh, I'll check it out. And he's like, oh, my bad. I didn't know it was 8,000 pages. I was like, it's all good, dude. I'll get through it. Can you compress that before you send it? Uh, <laughs> how could it not be that broad? When I, it, it really a recap of Matt Lee's information. I mean, it, that's... That's essentially what it was. It was a, it was a, uh, a perspective on the information that she was able to collect initially. So, <laughs> nice, I dig it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Natalie, kind of give us a little bit of background of what you did with the documentaries that you did about Chris Cornell. If maybe somebody hasn't seen it yet and they don't really know what you're might be talking about in those. Yeah. So you know. The whole backing to me doing the documentary, the initial idea was I was already doing yeah, these digs on celebrities. Like I said, I had to rehome them on my website because of the way that I the way that I articulated it is not so friendly on YouTube anymore. So, yeah, <laughs> um, so that I was already going down this path of researching celebrities. And then it was the, you know, the the most viral i guess idea out there was the whole silent children mm. you know theory that went viral through an open secret which is a it's a twitter account that you know they they do go viral with what they put out but also they are a um they're a documentary about the uh, young hollywood boys who get exploited through you know management and mm. hollywood insiders hollywood professionals things like this and so with that sort of background, people just kind of, they, they deployed out this tweet that basically said, and it's the famous one, everybody knows, um, you know, Chris Cornell was going to financially back this documentary called The Silent Children. And, you know, Chester Bennington was going to make an appearance and contribute music with Linkin Park, right? Mm -hmm. And so, of, of course, I was like one of the people who was like, yo, that's crazy, right? And mm -hmm. I think initially Jamie Deluxe actually did uh, one of the first videos on it. And so when I saw that, I was like, okay, I want to trace this. Like, I, this is important to me. Like, they're talking about child trafficking. Like, I want to know exactly what happened. So it, initially, getting back to my main point, 
this was supposed to be one long shot documentary on both Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. And the idea initially was, I'm just going to, you know, I'm basically going to illustrate out how this was a, a big, you know, silencing tactic on both of them, because that's what the idea was. But big, but comma, as I was researching through this, I was like, oh my gosh, like they need their own documentary because there's so much to each individual story. I can't possibly pack it in per your report tank. Like you can't possibly pack this in, in one documentary. It's going to be like five hours long. Who has that <laughs> time? Right. And so as I, I thought about that, I was like, okay, um, I'm going to, do two documentaries because as I was doing, uh, I was going to do it in chronological order. I was like, I'm going to do Chris Cornell's first because he, you know, unfortunately passed away first. He unfortunately, you know, yeah. and so, uh, <laughs> right. So as I was doing the research for Chris Cornell, I started like kind of just taking a step back, like, okay, what is the truth behind this whole silent children theory mm -hmm. and what we already are, we already have stuff in front of us. That's, that looks funny. The police report, the timeline, the uh, uh, witness accounts that never went to the investigation, like all of these things are pretty huge details, Yeah, but we're over here concentrated on this one theory. So my initial thing was like, okay, let's go through the theory. Let's go through it. Let's entertain the theory. Let's see what's true, what we can prove, what we can't. And I'm not necessarily saying like, just to boil it down. I basically came to this conclusion that, you know, I can't look at this theory as a pathway to the truth. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that I'm debunking the theory totally, not saying that because I, I can't. But what I am saying is that I, I opted to not go down that pathway of that theory in order to excavate the truth because mm -hmm. I'm looking a diff uh, the wrong direction. So that's that's basically how I came to, you know, research for Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington. So, so far I've done one series on Chris Cornell. Chester Bennington is in the in the process right now. OK, Beautiful why thing. why why is it every time there's like a, a sketchy celebrity, you know, suicide that nothing ever matches up on the police report time stamps are all fucked up like they they have to know that especially if it's a whole a high profile person people are going to kind of look into this stuff and they're just sort of like meh it is what it is I, is it because they yeah. know that nothing's going to be done about it one way or the other i'll tell you why because before but okay so before I would say just uh, just concretely, probably around 2016, right? That's where the information age. It wasn't. It wasn't like we saw it today, right? Today, mm -hmm. you, you like something hits the headlines, we're digging. Anons are digging. We're researchers mm -hmm. are digging, right? So people people have this sense of information age where they actually do their own research. More and more people. I would say everybody right. because so, some people need their their stuff spoon fed to them, right? Yeah. <laughs> but back in 2016 before that wasn't the case before okay. that and i can speak as an older millennial as an elder here Hell yeah. um before <laughs> that we were trusting tmz we were trusting headlines we were trusting the news even the local news right and mm -hmm. and i would and i'm gonna just be honest this that was me i yeah. didn't really 
dig much further. It was like TMZ deployed out this headline. It it, it was what it was, and that was it, right? So mm-hmm. back then, around 2016, 2017, the information age was only getting started. It wasn't like we see it today. So therefore, you know, we we weren't quite and, and also to that social media really didn't start any any further from that Uh, i believe twitter was like the earliest one to start i forget what year twitter started but instagram especially didn't start until 2012. Mm -hmm. so we only had what like five years around you know 2016 2017 when these celebrities uh or when chris cornell and chester bennington died um or any celebrity thus forward so you know we still have to go back and do digs on joan joan rivers and these weird celebrity deaths but now that we have this information culture where people are actually doing research they're actually rubbing stuff together to see if it sticks Mm -hmm. you know people are starting to pick up oh tmz seems to be like this this always and this is always my thing on my channel on youtube TMZ always, 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 always is the first agency to get the information or break the news about a celebrity death. Why? Because they're feds. Why? (laughs) That's my opinion, not Natalie's. I'm saying TMZ (laughs) is fed linked. And and it's it's interesting because the the one you know, and this is just by example. I did a recent video on, and I totally didn't intend to come across any of this whatsoever i did a recent video on paul walker because there was also a theory on paul walker right and you know the whole theory was kind of like the same thing kind of parallel like oh he was on his way to his fundraiser and that 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 and i was like all right kind of want to explore that i found a lot of malfeasance through tmz's reporting they Mm. reported things and they deleted the article and I was like, and I found an archive of it. And and the things that I discovered, I it kind of shook me a little bit because I was like, yo, TMZ really shifted the eyes of the people to look away from Paul Walker when they had reported things that were conflicting. Mm-hmm. They had witnesses that were conflicting. And there's something there. I, I still don't know what it illustrates, but uh, what I do know is that they reported something and took it down. So that makes something look like not all the facts are there. Yeah. So for me, for instance, I'm looking at TMZ and I'm like, okay, there, there's so much there that people have believed prior to 2016. Um, and I only say 2016 because that's really where like Trump started. Like, And this is my personal opinion. Trump started like adding that contrast mm-hmm. to corrupt and what wasn't corrupt, things like that. He was yeah. Pointing out, fleshing out what was corrupt, right? And so the public's opinion started to shift and that's how people started to ingest their news differently. That's right. my opinion, but that's how, that's how I see people not really paying attention. Before. Yeah. Would just yeah. I could dig that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and real quick before we build on that, um, because we do have a police officer in the house. I know shit. we talked about it on the <laughs> shit scatter <laughs> cops. <laughs> it's the first <fuzz> run. <laughs> Boy, a flips the table. <laughs> Remember, yeah, uh, guys, I told you. We're, hey, guys, we're in the tavern. Be easy on my police officer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Right. God. <laughs> I know the first thing that Boya said, he's like, are you a cop? You have to tell me. 
You gotta tell <laughs> me. Dude. Like, no, I'm if not I like ask that. you three times, you gotta tell me, dude. <laughs> it's the rule. I don't buy. It's you know, rule. I don't make them. I don't break them. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I, yeah, uh, I know we talked about it on the last live, Chris. But give a, a brief breakdown of what would happen if you turn in a report and the official report came out and it was incorrect. What would you do as an officer at that point? Well, I think what the way we talked about it is any kind of investigation that I'm putting my name on, I'm doing it as thoroughly as possible and I'm taking all the witness statements. I'm putting all the timestamps from the, the time that I originally got the call to the time that I arrived on scene. That's all documented in the report, you know, where I was coming from, where I got to, and it's laid out very simply. And, you know, we break it down, all the things that we do in an investigation. Um, if you're obviously you're coming to a scene where there's a, a death, right? It's a death investigation. Cause you don't know if it's a homicide or if it's suicide or if it's just natural causes. So you got to go out there and you got to kind of start, you know, digging up what you can. And then you're trying to make an evaluation if there's actual crime or not. Mm -hmm. And so all that stuff's laid out. And then I would take that, I'd put it all in a nice little package and we'd get an, a corner report. We get, you know, pictures and crime scene and everything else, put it all together. And then at the end of the report, we kind of come up with our opinions or um, based off the facts of the case to determine, you know, what's going on. If it was a suicide or if it was a, a homicide, if there's further investigation that we're going to turn that over to detectives or, you know, guys that do follow up for major crimes rather than just the, the beat officer that's initially starting the report. Because a lot of times, you know, I, if I came to a scene and it's going to be a murder investigation, I would do like a preliminary report. And then that would get turned over to guys that have the time to solely investigate that crime of homicide or whatever it may be if it's a simple suicide and there's uh, you know you you can rule out foul play you know there's notes and no other people were had access to the room and clearly it's a, a gunshot and it's a gun in his hand there's sometimes stuff, two gunshots yeah sometimes two gunshots still be a suicide um but if if there's no extra circumstances to make you question or wonder you might just close it down right there and be done with it also with the the corner report to back up the initial scene of what you saw and and the witness statements you know um a guy walks in and sees someone pull a trigger with the gun against his head you know right. that kind of rolls out the homicide right there's camera evidence or video evidence whatever but um you know if there's huge discrepancies about when i submitted the report to what gets put out i mean as an officer you're gonna kind of second guess everything but also i told you guys too a lot of the times we get a report i if i if i just did a simple arrest right i have that report i laid it out i've got all my facts of what i'm charging the person with why i took them to jail that night um i give that to my supervisor they look it over it's good to go there's no huge errors that they found you know if if I wrote up and misspelled a bunch of words or times were really off and they, the supervisor noticed it, mm -hmm. um, then if they signed it off, I'll, I'll never see it again. I'm really? done with it. And yeah. I'm moving and I'm moving on to the next one because guess what? There's another call that I got to go deal with another yeah. report that I got to go write. So say, say you and your partner both arrive at a scene or m multiple, multiple units. Okay. 
Now, is there one of you that writes a report? Yes. Okay. So there, there, there might be multiple officers doing different things. Mm -hmm. Like I may have. They it, might have notes, right? That correct. they'll hand into whoever's making the report. They might even write a supplemental report right. that I would attach. So say us five, you know, four people, we arrived on scene and we're investigating something mm -hmm. and there's five witnesses. I'm not, as the investigating officer, I'm not going to interview every single person because mm -hmm. i got other things i have to do on that that crime scene right mm -hmm. so i may delegate a big country what i need you to go do is yep. i want you to go uh, hunt down all the witnesses i want you to <laughs> take a statement from all the parties and then if you can put that together for me so i can review it uh, and i'll add it to my report so yeah i'm on it massa <laughs> then I'd say, hey, then Tank, what I need you to do, Tank, Come is on. I want you to lock down everything. Anyone that's coming in and out of this area, you're going to annotate who's coming in and out so we can keep track of all the people that are dealing with this scene. Okay. Say, Natalie, what I need you to do is I want you to take pictures of everything for me. Okay. I want you to hunt down any video evidence from the hotel at the where we're at. Uh, you do that and you as my partner, if you were standing right next to me, you kind of be my like wingman and just help me beat all the steps make sure that we're doing everything we need to okay. do if anything's falling in the cracks okay. and then me i'd be the lead investigator i'm i'm in it right and so that, that should be every major uh, agency everything okay. every, that, that that would happen at any uh agency okay um and then There's, you might have because because that would mean even if they attach a supplemental report all those timestamps should match yours correct okay absolutely absolutely right they're gonna they're gonna base we're all gonna be on the same incident log or whatever however they're yeah. they're keeping track of it um it's a running log and every incident for every agency pretty much you know, unless you're some super tiny spot they have a a system that they log all this information mm -hmm. as like when i get on scene it's boom it's printed and i can pull that that incident log and we can go back and we can see when everybody arrived i could they'll see what who's running you know Right, so license information everything so essentially it's pretty hard to fuck up the time that's <laughs> what you're saying yeah well i mean right it, like it should be at least it, they well, make it pretty difficult to to kind of fudge timelines or it or in uh, this day and age it'd be really difficult to to so put if, out horrible times so if something's like way off in the official report that hits the media then it's pretty clear that somebody fucked up somewhere correct okay that's what I would say. Yeah. You wouldn't be doing, I wouldn't be doing my job as an officer at that time wasn't documented. Yeah. Right? That's one of the main things because every report starts at this date and this time. Yeah. I was on duty. I got this call. I arrived on scene at this time. It's, it's always like that and yeah. everywhere, everywhere you take a report. Hmm. So Chris, that's incredible insight. And it relates to how we finished off last time, pointing yes. out some of Natalie's information about the discrepancies in the police report you said something very important and that's witness statements and natalie please co correct me if i'm wrong but you said that the report were missing what would have or should have been primary witness statements right like uh, taylor momson the woman who was opening up for them is that her name yeah i mean you know and and i don't the reason why i didn't prescribe the process on the documentaries because i don't know and i don't say anything that i don't know like you know, I, I don't know what a police investigation, especially in different precincts, what that looks mm -hmm. like. Right. Because I think it also depends on the geographic location. 
Um, but what I would imagine is at the very least, yeah, I mean, like witness, they were the last to talk to Chris Cornell. Yeah. Um, I haven't even talked about uh, Cato Kondala or Kondwala, which I'm going to do another video on. But that was another uh, person who hang, hung out with Chris Cornell, allegedly that night. And mm -hmm. he was um, in a motorcycle accident a year later. And there's no, there's no like traffic report, nothing like that. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very strange. Cato Kondala was one of, one of, uh, he was pretty notable as a music producer in Hollywood mm -hmm. and nobody knows his name. No, nobody made a big deal about his death. And that to me was very telling that, you know, he was, he was also one of the, uh, I, in my personal opinion, if, if he, if Taylor, what Taylor Momsen said is true. Mm -hmm. Let me just put that as a disclosure. Taylor Momsen said what was true, that her Soundgarden, her band, Cato Kondala was all in that little moment with Chris Cornell, then he would also be a key witness as well. Mm. Yeah. Anybody that had direct contact with Chris and kind of could lay out his timeline of when he left the event to the time he got back to the um hotel all that stuff should have been noted and definitely followed up unless an officer had followed up and just said oh this guy's full of crap and it's not making any sense and it really doesn't add anything to the report yeah um then they may leave, leave it out but if that's like saying if you're driving down the freeway and a vehicle collides with another vehicle and then takes off mm -hmm. but you have another person that saw that vehicle hit the other vehicle and then got the license plate and then you left that guy out of the report like okay <laughs> how would how would you do that right why yeah, would you do right. that if that substantiates the crime of a hit and run yeah you need that guy in that 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 statement from yeah. him to corroborate the guy that got hit otherwise you can't just take that guy's word you know i got hit in the freeway well no one saw you get hit nobody yeah. can back that That's statement right. it's like one of those traffic cones so, jumped out of nowhere yeah type. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah well <clears throat> i have another question i'm not i'm not sure sorry sorry noelle i don't want to step on your toes but i'm probably going to forget um this point if i don't say it now uh so we we talked about there was a couple of witnesses that had saw chris cornell at the hotel and they got his autograph or they attempted to get his autograph um now it, i don't think it matters what time because if you're at a hotel there's people coming and going pretty much at all hours and and the staff know who chris is right um so there had to have been several other people who maybe never approached chris but at least saw him at the hotel and maybe could attest to the type of mood he was in um as they saw him walk by or things like that um is there anything like that in the police report where you know someone said oh well i was just checking into my room when they got back, I happened to see him. He was smiling and happy and was heading to his room or because mm. I, I feel especially with the celebrity, um, people are going to remember, oh, I, I was at that hotel that night. Right. I checked in. I remember seeing him. Let me get a hold of the police or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Is there would any think. is there any witnesses accounts that you would think not only was there not any of those witnesses from the hotel, you know, pastor buyers, people who were yeah. checking in, people who were just hanging out in the lobby, anything mm -hmm. like that. Not only was there absolute absence of any of those type of witnesses, but there was absence of the hotel clerks attesting in a witness statement. Yeah. In the, <sighs> in the, in the police report. 
in mm. the actual police report. And there are there's a handwritten, um, you know, kind of I wouldn't even say it's an interrogation. It's just like a questioning of his bodyguard, mm -hmm. uh, Martin Kirsten. And the, the, the questions were like the most generic, non-invasive questions you right, could ever see. Yeah, ever. what's your what's your perfect Saturday? Uh, <laughs> right. Well, you know, right, yeah. right. It's kind of like asking, like, did you did you kill this person? Oh, okay. Well, like you know, it kind of checks out. All right, like, check, check that out. check that box. <laughs> uh, he's a black guy, but he said he didn't do it, so I guess we'll check it. But what's interesting is that there were these reports. For instance, this is an, a, good, a great example. Um, Vicky Cornell, his wife, will talk to the media. We'll talk to TMZ, right? TMZ, People Magazine. She'll she'll give all these attestations of like, oh yeah, we had this phone call. This is what the phone call was like, you know, right before uh, he did what he did, and blah blah blah. But yet, none of that was recorded in the investigation. She yeah. her, she attested that she called she called the front desk to find out, you know, some things of what was going on in the midst of all of the timeline. And yet there's no attestation from the front desk whatsoever, timelines, timestamps, uh, witness statements, nothing. Uh, you know what? I, I will say I, I thought there was a very interesting comment about that very thing on one of your YouTube videos. And I and I think I actually screenshot it and I sent it to you and then I sent it to Chris and Boya and I believe Noel as well. And this was somebody who watches your videos came up with the theory of why she called why the lights um, oh, flashed at his yeah at his house right and it was like a here's the signal okay call this person job's done and then she yeah. just twisted it. and we're not saying that that was what somebody had suggested in a comment but I thought it was very, very plausible interesting very yeah. interesting very plausible yeah, yeah exactly I mean yeah I mean especially yeah especially if they're not because I mean. Just like any, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but if any murder investigation, usually the closest person to the individual that is dead is the closest looked at, right? Uh, you know, husband, wife, usually it's going to be one or the other that gets interrogated the hardest until they can clear them because they were the closest to that person. At that instance, his bodyguard is the closest to him. Yeah. And if they're softballing him questions about what his favorite flavor of ice cream is, <laughs> instead of grilling his ass, like... There's something to be said about that officer at the very least, right? Or or maybe, I, I mean, we don't know for sure. They could have just printed out this questionnaire, given it to whoever was in charge of this operation to knock off Chris Cornell yeah. and have them write this shit in, you know, probably had a maze maybe in the corner and a little coloring section and then turn that in and say, this is what happened. Yeah. So, you know. Well, it's. We haven't even said anything. So I don't mean to cut you off, but we oh, haven't we haven't said anything yet, even about Chester Bennington. But his murder, the same kind of things, <laughs> and it it blew my mind when the report was suggesting that with Chester, um, the maid, yeah, came in and saw like she I said bloody mess. So I cleaned the floors. I cleaned the whole house. Everything. So I was like, so you mean all the evidence? Yeah, you cleaned it all. Clean up all the evidence. Yeah, that's like back to uh, what was boy? What was that very first episode we did of True Crime? Uh, oh, the dude, Zodiac. Is the oh, Zodiac yeah, yeah. killer, and that the guy that like scooped up all the evidence and carried yeah. it to the. Yeah, <laughs> I did good, right, Chief? <laughs> no, you. Idiot. Yeah, 
Yeah, you know, uh, but I, I mean, that also could have been a thing. I mean, like you said, we, we didn't get too much into Bennington uh, on the last episode, but it, it's it's weird, right, that all this made cleaned up everything um, and more than likely was told to clean up everything, in my opinion, because that's not a natural reaction unless you're trying to cover up your tracks it's absolutely right? not a natural reaction no. even if, if you... you're a maid as a profession like you don't you don't just walk into a room and go oh i gotta clean this shit no <laughs> i mean i i think i i've dealt with plenty of things that when people see or find someone that's deceased they don't run over there and start cleaning stuff up <laughs> they're like running away to go call somebody yeah, to let them know horrifying. what's going on yeah. and i'm talking about like just like random people on found on the side of the road somewhere yeah. you know deceased and we got homeless people that walk up on it and they're like run over and find a way to call 911 to report it yeah because the it's first not, thing at least for me the first thing that popped into my head is if i clean this shit up and don't report it i look really bad you know what i mean like, and you you're look, half black dude oh dude I'm, I'm going down at least for 15 you know? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the 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 idea that she just was like, no, I'm just doing my job. Like, no, dude. <laughs> like, no, you're not. Well, maybe she was doing her job because someone asked her to do it. Maybe. Maybe I didn't they were like, hey, I got them papers. I don't even know if his maid was of Hispanic <laughs> descent at all, to be honest How with you. How dare you? <laughs> just, just totally made that up based no, on You dragged me into this, dude. <laughs> just, but a maid really did do that in, in Chester's yeah. house. So... But, I don't mean to interrupt, but there was a thought in my head and the the call of as far as a statement in the report, because I never I don't know what was in the report or not. And Noel and Natalie can fill me in on this. But there, you're telling me that the wife of someone that committed suicide who called the hotel to check in on him wasn't in the police report in any way. Not, not whatsoever. Well, 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 well. Okay, let me let me correct. Let me backtrack that. There was mention of Vicky Cornell. They first of all mistyped her name, made a typo. They said her name was Nikki Cornell. Backspace, backspace, backspace. But, <laughs> but they did mention, you know, according to the witness, you know, Martin Kirsten, the bodyguard, Chris Cornell, the decedent, you know, made a call to his wife, Vicky Cornell. Blah blah blah. Um, so there was mention of her. But just kind of been passing though right it was yes but it wasn't it wasn't as specific as what the media reported like mm. tmz and and people where they were like oh she called the front desk and so, talked to them that's so yeah. and, and that's Chris, like in, incompetent then because if she's calling to check in on him and she's worried about him you would want her statement about his state of mind before leading up to that event of the incident exactly. of him committing suicide as her, her his her, his spouse she's got direct insight to what chris is thinking and feeling because she literally is the closest person to that person mm -hmm. right. that committed suicide so that if she's calling and is concerned about him that's got to be in the report to back up the suicide or what they think happened right no, it does. go ahead Noah. go ahead Noah. i'm sorry i just wanted to say and this is why it was fascinating when natalie introduced the avenue with all the discrepancies in the police report considering the fact that i think the uh guy's name was detective charles weaver 
he was like a 30 year veteran on the force. So for him to not have a report that was in depth and thorough and mm -hmm. had like cogent facts on it, I mean, it was highly questionable. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's reasons like that, that I thought personally, that avenue that Natalie went down, connecting the discrepancies in the police report to who the bodyguards were, absolutely fascinating. Is that and, investigator still with us or is he? <laughs> Detective Weaver? Yeah. <laughs> you know I what I mean? Because all I... those guys who get greedy under the table, man. We need, yeah, a, we need to know, do a, but... we're going to need to do a welfare check. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I actually but... think he uh, retired, I think, shortly. I, I, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. There's not there's not a lot that you on can an make. island like his own island, dude. I retired on an island. <laughs> I don't know, but well, you never heard of, you never heard of him after that. Yeah, see, because that that was that's something that I think about, especially, you know, we were just talking about who who's writing the report and things like that. If he releases this report and he's a thirty year vet and nothing adds up, that's not a good look for him, especially within his department right. or within the community. So it makes yeah. sense that he's no longer with the the department um dude that's like um he's like the 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 bodyguard from the mandalay bay shooting oh yeah the guy that came yeah. out and made a statement and then they never saw from like never yeah. heard or saw from him again like come mm -hmm. on guys what are we well, doing and still counting arizona yeah we're maybe, still counting arizona. but may, it, maybe but it, maybe he wrote a thorough report and then it was had some more questions and then exactly the upper management came down and said retire. Hey guys, you're, you're, you're going to close this case. You're going to go with this suicide uh, and you're going to be done. You're going to retire now. So yeah. it reminds me of the movie uh, with Keanu Reeves and Forrest Whitaker. Uh, you saw that movie where they, they play cops and there's a conspiracy like that to cover up an initial report. Oh, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Movie. I can't think of the name of it right now. Yeah, uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Street Kings or something like that. Yeah, oh, I think yeah, it is Street yeah, Kings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I was now, like, Ghost Dog? He wasn't in Ghost Dog. <laughs> Keanu <laughs> wasn't in Ghost Dog. Okay, boy. Another classic. <laughs> I immediately thought Sponge, SpongeBob popped in my head. Um, <laughs> Natalie, so in the report that you did, uh, the, the miniseries, I guess, if you want to call that, um, and we'll get so, a little bit more in depth into it, but when you started initially doing research for this and you started, you find the discrepancies in the timeline mm -hmm. and the, you know, we mentioned TMZ um, and all these different weird connections and then the, the report being off. Um, I also really appreciated the fact that you showed a lot of the crime scene photos mm -hmm. um, because we actually went over a few of those that were available because I didn't, we didn't pull up your doc, but I just found some on the internet and then referenced what you had mentioned and showed. Um, was that, you know, we were looking at it from different angles and given different theories. And, and of course, it really helps out with Chris being um, a police officer, uh, having a little bit more insight that way. But uh, it just it just didn't make sense, like the way it was all set up. And, and you laid it kind of out beautifully about how uh, the band was actually hooked up wrong. Um, and then if you look at the inside of the door. Uh, or I'm sorry, the outside of the door, it was uh, like like snapped down where the band was, which mm -hmm. would indicate a tremendous amount of force. And we talked about the fact that if somebody is really down to go out, like I'm out, right? You're going to struggle because it's like the natural body's reaction to, to strangling or something like that. But you're not going to struggle so badly to damage the furniture 
um, because if you're really suicidal, you're ready for it. So you'll struggle, right? But you'll let it come. And mm -hmm. that suggested um, an intense amount of op op opposing force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. To cause some damage like that. And then, of course, there's a blood that was found. And and, and uh, I think Noel actually even made the connection that I think the bot what the bodyguard or one of the bodyguards was like Mossad connected in some in some way or something like that. Uh, well, before we get into that, though, let's not forget a very important fact that Natalie highlighted in her work, which was the bodyguard, Martin Kirsten's description of what he saw entering the room. Mm which 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 i thought was uh, very interesting as well but um the Mossad connection comes when you follow the bodyguards and see who they work for or who they work with and bennington's bodyguard ed messina um i mean his his connections are known as well so both of these guys eventually uh their money may lead back to the Mossad boys we know mm. about them very well um but yeah Nat natalie talk about that a little bit about the issues you had or, or, or questions you had about some of the crime scene photos that were released. Yeah. So before I go into that, I want to make a comment on what we were talking about earlier about sure. the report and the police officer not taking a statement from Vicki Cornell. So ironically, ironically, when you look at Chester Bennington's uh, police report, it says on 7-20-2017, this is Chester Bennington, that they conducted a telephone interview with the decedent's wife. Mm. So, so why in that instance, which is very similar because we always make sim similarity comparisons between Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell, why in that scenario can they conduct an interview with one of the decedent's wife but not the other, especially yeah. when the other, the other scenario involves a lot of telecommunication between the wife and the staff of the hotel. So I just wanted to point that out before. Yeah. It's just standard. That's just the standard way to, to do things. And that's why I have such a big question about uh, what was being left off and who they're not talking to. And it, it, people that are that heavily invested in uh, someone's life as a wife, you'd think that they'd be putting some kind of statement in there just to see um, where he was at. I mean, if right. it, uh, my wife can tell you on a day-to-day -day basis when I want to off myself or not want to off myself I mean, and where I'm at. She's She's got uh, more insight than anyone else. So it doesn't make right. any sense. It doesn't make uh, any sense. God forbid, brother. I love you to death, man. <laughs> you better not, dude. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I will literally revive you and then kill you myself. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not playing those games. Um, um, but, but yeah, go ahead now. Yeah. The, so to answer your question about the, the photo, so I found that the most interesting out of anything and again i know that i always ram on tmz but truly tmz in my personal opinion they always have this way of getting gaining that exclusivity to you know the first details of a crime scene and photos and all these things and why were they one of the first to you know get a hold of the crime scene photos from the detroit mm -hmm. police department yeah, I mean, because they wanted to, they, they, in my personal opinion, wanted to brand their the photos on places so that way they would be the they they knew that they were going to be the first initial media outlet to deploy out these type of details. So, yeah. um, you know, the the public was going to eat this up, and they were they were going to eat it up at mass scale because people were hungry for these details at the time and the era of finding out what happened to Chris Cornell. 
And so when TMZ was one of the first to get, get these pictures or these photos, you know, they brand them with their brand over key details over the photos. So mm -hmm. that to me is a no brainer. In my personal opinion, they did that. They did that by design, yeah. um, because if if you looked at some of the photos by comparison, like the paint strip off. OK, that's big. The blood on the outside of the door. Why is there blood on the outside of the door? Like not no. the inside of the We, we saw the puddle and the, yeah. the, you know, the outside of the door. What is that doing right there? Right. What? That's the biggest like red flag to me. And no, nobody questioned that whatsoever. Um, and another thing that's very interesting uh, in regards to the police photos was, um, and it's it's related, is the part where I mentioned Daily Mail doing that one interview by the unnamed source, you know. Mm -hmm. But the Daily Mail kind of get the, got themselves in, you know, in a bit of a pickle by doing that article because they reported, according to MGM, that they had an MGM source say that the the um, police photo of the hotel door, what the hotel door was from, it, you could see it in a little caption, it says Detroit police. So this mm -hmm. photo is coming from the Detroit police. That article came out within 24 hours of them reporting that Chris Cornell had passed away or was, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So tell me how they're going to get this photo from police Detroit, uh, the Detroit police department. There's no damage to the door on the outside. The numbers to the, the, the hotel room are wider. Why is there a pasty over the hotel room number? Yeah. Why did they put pasties on there? Right? Like, yeah. I'm not talking about <laughs> pasties. I'm talking about number. Pasties. <laughs> yeah. Number. <pasties. laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that should be part of the, you know, right. for everybody to see. Right. And so the, the thing to me is like the meat, the media, it's like it all points back to the media being the and D Daily Mail on the regular basis. Like, I'll be honest with you, they're pretty balanced. They're pretty. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I, I look to them a lot for for headlines and things where I start my digs. Right. But, you know, at the same time, every every media outlet has their infiltration. Some of these journalists don't have the best interest for the public for the public in general. And so. um for them to have that exclusive interview with the exclusive pictures of the mm -hmm. door that was kicked in by Martin Kirsten, yet they and and this is where they messed up because in their caption of that photo it said MGM, um, you know that they they've hastily repaired this door. Why are you hastily repairing a door within 24 hours of a celebrity's death if there is uh, ideally an investigation going on? Why would you yeah. hastily repair the door? But also to that. They admitted that they were not going to book any any of the suites or that that particular suite wasn't going to get booked. So why are you fixing a door to a suite that's not going to get booked? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, how, tell me how all of that makes sense at the end of the day. All of it boils yeah. down to malfeasance and conflicts mm -hmm. in their timeline and in their in their details reporting. So, yeah. you know, I think yeah. they, they really put themselves in a hot seat by deploy publishing those photos. Yeah, I don't know how they would get their hands on crime scene photos within 24 hours. I mean, there's a well, process that of evidence and how long it's kept and before it's released. And unless they close the case faster than humanly possible, th then the evidence wouldn't be released like that. They wouldn't be able to get those photos, not in the way that we handle our our evidence. Yeah, it did. It's the same thing that happened to DMX. And I remember watching the interview. 
when he got locked up or whatever, he was getting out. And it was like three o'clock in the morning on like a Thursday. And I remember watching like a um, an Instagram video. Uh, and at the time, I didn't put any of this together. This was a few years ago, right? When when DMX mm-hmm. was still alive. Um, And he was basically, you know, why are you always here? Why are you trying to get here? <laughs> how do you know i'm here he was basically yeah. just going on about like no one it's, else is no one else is in the jail but yeah. tmz is here right now how do you guys even know i'm here mm-hmm. and i mean this was years back and now everything that's coming out about tmz i mean i said it earlier brian big country brian i'll give you my full name brian bender i think tmz is fed linked in some way shape or form and it's well, gotta not be. out of they the realm be, of possibilities i i definitely be, be, they're paying for for information and there's they know who to contact yeah. to get the information like if dmx is getting released they could call over to where he's being held and they're like hey we know that you have uh dmx when's he gonna get out we'll give you guys some bucks and they're like Earl okay Simmons. we'll send you a text when he's gonna get out so we can go get that uh, explosive video and photo yeah I, yeah i, I I think that these media companies are created by other entities. So I don't mm. think they pay for information. I think they're fed a very specific mm. type of information for a very specific True. reason. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I, yeah, the, the crime scene photos were just a trip um, because of course, like you said, right. First things it's available TMZ. How do you have this kind of information? Why yeah. are they already basically scrubbing the room and repairing damages? Right. Like, how long did it take? Uh, oh, and I don't know the answer to this question, but how long did it take for them to start renting out those rooms from the Mandalay Bay? Like, how long did it take for them to fix the windows? This was national news. I'm sure it wasn't yeah. 24 hours. Yeah. Well, the that biggest problem with the, the damage to the door is if you're the bodyguard, if I'm protecting my celebrity friend to my left and he's in a room and I'm down the the a few rooms down, I would have another key for his room because if I needed yeah. to get in there to save him or protect him, I want Great access point. to the, I want access to that room. They would, I would have another key made and I would be able to walk over there and, and check on boy if he's sleeping and make sure that everything's fine yeah. and he's not being disturbed and that there's no issues. I wouldn't have to kick in a door because I would walk over, put the key in it and walk right in and then figure out what's going on. Rather than go wasting time for having to kick down a door, kicking down doors is not it's not a fast process. No, especially if you can tell door. Yeah. You you would think that a guy like Martin Kirsten, who claims to be the director of this security company that you know deals with the stars, would have a contingency plan like that outline. Maybe he's absolutely that dust guy. As, Maybe it's that <laughs> dust guy. That's who it is. And walk away. <laughs> yeah, I can increase your survival rate by forty two point eight nine percent. When when you're protecting somebody, you absolutely do. You have a plan. If the shit hits the fan, I know where I'm going, where I'm taking them, how I'm getting out. You've got you've done surveillance and gone to the hotel beforehand. You've walked around. You know your yeah. exits. You know how yeah. to get out. I'm not taking the elevator. We're gonna take the stairs here because it's the closest. I know that if I walk down this this staircase i know where my where my possible threats could be coming from yeah. i have a car by the back door right when i walk out we're gonna jump in and get it the hell out of dodge you have all that set in place before right. you go there right yeah. so, I, we've all seen the beginning of taken come on now right we know how you know snake a snake is in the hen house and then it's, it's go time yeah. and the thing that's a mystery to me is between fox theater 
And them going back to MGM, mm -hmm. did he travel back with all of Soundgarden? Or was it just Martin Kirsten and Chris Cornell? Great point. Great point. That's not, that's not clear. Yeah, Nobody yeah. knows that, right? And and that's the thing. That's why it, it goes back to the witness statements. Okay, so if all of Soundgarden and Taylor Momsen and the Pretty Reckless were all hanging out in the back, right? As a, a cool as, people to hang with. As according right. to her, then what transpired between that meeting mm -hmm. over to whatever vehicle they they called into to get back to MGM Grand you know what i mean like what there's missing there are missing elements that are major where is yeah. soundgarden's witness statement you know what i yeah, mean yeah where's right. ben where's you know hunter where's where's all these these where's uh kim thio like and and here's the thing like i don't blame them in a way i don't blame them from what we're seeing from kanye and all these things the handlers and all these mm -hmm. i don't blame them like they could be under some <laughs> well yeah. but at the same time i'm like that's still that's still a missing element their yeah. statements their witness accounts there's still it's still a missing element in all of this and that's major because these are the people that last saw chris cornell yeah yeah Another another strange thing is not one of the band members and, and not Vicky herself are asking any of these questions either. They just right. kind of, it is what it is and move on type deal. Right. If, and if my spouse committed muted, suicide, I would definitely be wondering and asking these questions about, I'd want to know more yeah. because I wouldn't just accept that this happen yeah especially if i'm thinking that there's any other chance of it not being a suicide with the discrepancies that we all see as an you know just sitting back and looking at it like that doesn't make sense if that was one of my close friends i'd be like what the fuck's going on and yeah, why so isn't this being investigated people. what this seems like there's more to this why right. isn't she doing that exactly exactly and here's the thing too um there was a recent interview i don't know if it was an uh, what 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 should i call it. it it was a conversation it was a dialogue between taylor momsen and some of the surviving rep members of of soundgarden kim tile and i can't remember the other guy's name but it was two of the soundgarden members and her and i watched the entire thing through it was about 45 minutes long not one mention of chris cornell this was post chris cornell this was like recent years they did a you know a so interview so that's like the thing too it's like why is this such a silent thing like this was yeah. a major death why not like if there was something truly not being covered up it'd be like yo let's reminisce about this yeah. one one member that we all miss and, and i truly believe that taylor momsen was deeply affected by this and i i personally this is just my personal opinion I think that she might know something, not in a nefarious way, but I think that she might be suppressed on something that she might know about this night mm. um, in which, you know, keeps them all silent. And once again, just kind of <laughs> circling back to, <laughs> to the whole uh, handler situation that we're, we're all becoming aware of, not just us, but like yeah. the general public with Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know what, yeah. Natalie? I, I appreciate that you brought that up because 90% of, of um, communication is body language. Mm -hmm. And 
Taylor Momsen's body language in the clip that you posted where she relays her version of the events that night, you can absolutely see that she's tiptoeing around the information. She mm -hmm. wants to be able to clearly describe her take on the events, but she can't. There's an apprehension there. You can it's palpitating through, you know, through the uh the I agree. play there. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one. Um I don't want to skip over too much, but I'd like to get into a little bit of, of Chester's, uh, you know, suicide, um, because the fact that just their bodyguards alone can kind of be linked together, um, and then they go out in a similar fashion, and it's sort of the same. It's like a sequel, right? It's sort of like the same story, just different cast, and uh, kind of the same you know, I know you touched on a little bit earlier, Noel, on the last episode um, and, and the idea of, you know, friends or bandmates kind of either helping within the process or keeping secrets about, you know, the true nature of what happened. Um, and I would kind of like to talk about the Mike Shinoda in the room when it comes to Chester's, you know, suicide and, um, how he kind of responded to not only the news of his death, but the investigation as well. So, so boy, one thing before we, we get into that, that I want to mention is mm -hmm. a single sentence from Alessandro Valerian on the total disclosure site. When he goes into the avenue of following the bodyguards mm -hmm. and this one, this one sentence sums it up perfectly when you start to question whether or not there is an actual possibility that people like Mike Shinoda and even uh, Chris Cornell's wife maybe had some questionable connections and uh, questionable intentions, for lack of better terms, right, um, right. with their relationships with these guys. And that one sentence simply says, enemies disguised as friends, assassins disguised as bodyguards. Mm. When, 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 you, when you begin to connect or make the connections of all these people, that's when more and more questions start to get formed. Yeah. Right? And so the connections between Ed Messina, Martin Kirsten, between um, contacts in Israel, right, and higher-ups in the Israeli military, um, mm -hmm. when you start to look at uh, prior work of some of these guys, for example, you had... Um, Martin Kirsten carrying on with the affair with Seal's wife, Heidi Klum. Yeah. Heidi Klum is also part of the whole Epstein cabal. And mm -hmm. then you have Ed Messina, who was a bodyguard on one of the last Lincoln Park tours, but he was also a bodyguard for Mar uh, um, Robert De Niro. And, you know, Robert De Niro mm -hmm. had those allegations with a, a young girl in France or something. Yeah. All back. And then, you know, Ed Messina was also bodyguards to Lady Gaga. Um, who's associated with Maria Abramovich. And I know Natalie has done some substantial work into those connections. So, I mean, once you start to piece this network together, it's unavoidable that questions are going to be formed into, you know what, what did these guys stumble across? Were they up against such a formidable network of people that even their wives got them taken out, that even their bandmates got them taken out? Because let me tell you guys, the 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 moves of Mike Shinoda to me, and this is only my personal opinion because of dealing with, with my friends and, and the whole loyalty aspect, 
Mike Shinoda did a lot of side shit that's highly mm -hmm. questionable. Yeah. And when you start to go into some of the really in-depth research that Total Disclosure has published, I mean, it's it's fucking it's hard not to really, really attach yourself to some of these um, facts and, and uh, you know, essentially the theories that. Yeah. Here. Natalie, I'd, I'd love to hear your take on the connections between the bodyguards and Shinoda, maybe a little bit more about Vicky. But that avenue is is kind of where my focus is. Okay. I think that really leads to the meat and potatoes about yeah. what these guys stumbled across and who were the formidable forces that they were up against when they found this information. So I'm going to be honest. I'm not quite down uh, down that far uh, so far in, in producing uh, Chester Bennington. So um, you probably know a lot more than I do at this very moment. That's just my honesty. Um, but But what you're saying about the connections, I mean, I, I think out of the just uh, pure nature of how people react out, mm. outside of this, um, I, I did actually research the, the extent of my research with Chester Bennington really was the um, because I, I want to go from component to component. So my first mm. objective and my first project was silent children theory uh you know sds and clinton foundation and music for relief what what is the distinguish what how does this distinguish each other from e each other right mm -hmm. so what i do know is like um there was an absence of clarification from at least uh mike shinoda oh uh from mm -hmm. at least mike shinoda who did start sds right like when yeah. conspiracy theories were deployed out on social media and they were circulating like crazy don't you think that mike shinoda could have easily come on twitter and said hey guys sds is mine uh, yeah. uh, uh um chester bennington had no no part of sds Chester Bennington did not start SDS. Chester Bennington was not a business partner in SDS, right? Like these are easy things that the wives and the people who are connected to these rock stars could have easily done. And the yeah. same goes for the initial open secret tweet, which is why it's a, it's such it's so sus on my radar because one of the wives could have been easily like, yo, like this tweet, this one right here, this one right here. This screenshot, it's not it's not true because yeah, Chris Cornell right. was never involved with funding or one of the wives could have been like, hey, Chester Bennington was not going to make an appearance. But mm -hmm. not one of the uh, the people have come out that were directly connected to these rock stars. Not one of them came out to debunk the theory themselves. So what does yeah. that tell me? Do they it, it gives me more questions and I do have answers. Do they like these theories? Yeah. Do they like us looking the other way? Is that why they're like, they're inadvertently kind of like, you know, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Y'all are attacking me because eventually it did, it did cause people to, you know, harass their accounts and stuff like yeah. that. People just like kind of blindly believe conspiracy theories and don't do research on their own. So they'll go and attack people. You know, they'll go and attack people based on what one other uh, influencer says. Mm -hmm. and not research themselves so they'll they'll do that and, and because they were getting attacked in that in that capacity that's when they were like okay this is ridiculous you guys are just conspiracy theorists yeah comma but they never debunked the conspiracy theory themselves by saying hey guys this an open secret tweet not true not true yeah. they didn't, uh, my husband was never going to financially fund 
or my husband was never going to make an appearance or contribute music. Neither did TMZ feature that tweet at any point of time. Neither did they ever feature, um, you know, the, the author of that tweet, right? Yeah. Just some observations, you know, just the pure observations of some, some of the, um, you know, just the interaction and the behavior and response just yeah. wasn't natural to me because if that were like, we always talk about if that were our loved one, right? If that were my friends, if that were my brother, or if that was my husband, I would be, I would have been like, yo, dude, like, this is not true. Like this, yeah. is, this is where we were that night. This is the conversation. This is the phone log. Like this is the, here are the receipts, but nobody mm -hmm. has come out to say any of that. But um, to the second part of your question, I'm not quite there with the uh, Ed Messina and the, the bodyguards, but I will eventually get there. Well, the 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 thing that uh, the thing that kind of raised an eyebrow, especially with Mike Shinoda, was you know after Lincoln Park kind of went on that cooling period, Mike Shinoda ends up making Fort Minor, and then they end up hooking up with Jay Z, who's obviously married to Beyonce. They both have strong connections to the Obamas, to Arena Bramovic, to that whole Satan. Yeah, well, she, she's a witch. <laughs> Beyonce is a witch, and it's it's in court documents. Uh, she's got a former employees suing her for being know, a witch, killing killing her animals, basically like cursing. It's wild. This was actual court papers of this woman saying she used to be an assistant for Beyonce. Beyonce decided uh, or she she kind of, I guess, like walked in on Beyonce, like practicing witchcraft. And when she was like, fuck this, I'm out. The lady told her, like, you take off. I'm going to fucking curse you. Um, and then she ended up like losing her job, lost her house, lost her like lost her everything. First of all, Beyonce, that's a little childish. OK, she yeah, just right? wanted to quit. You <laughs> didn't have to take it that far. But, uh, Grow but up. But when you have Mike Shinoda being connected with these people and and this whole elite ring of the music industry, you know, cabal, which obviously bleeds into Hollywood and all of that, it's a little suspect, right? It's it's really fucking strange because yeah, he it was a Fort Minor was a minor success at best. Didn't really take off, but we know for a fact you don't have to be talented to take off and in the industry you just have to have the right backing you got to sell your soul to the right person and then you'll be famous you know so it very well could have been chester bennington's sacrifice um by way of mike shinoda to yeah. get ahead in the industry oh and know? kanye just came out a couple days ago and said that well then well in that video i mean that video oh. is everything that all of us have said at one certain point in time, right? Especially once we got into this information, truth, or culture. And then I go back and look at, at uh, Michael John or at, at uh, MJ's dad. And all of a sudden, you're putting these pieces together. Jordan was in debt. He was a gambler. He was this. He was that. Then he kind of started, you know, kind of going off the rails. I don't want to say he was, he was like, you know, off the reservation completely, but it was sort of, he was kind of being a little rebellious when it came to the game. And next thing you know, his dad's found dead on the side of the road. For like 10 days. Decomposed. Yeah. It's su super weird. Right. And I mean, Jordan's a gambler. 
Jordan could have made a bad bet. It may not have been sports related. Dude, devil goes down to Georgia. He took out that golden fiddle. I'll play you. I'll get you a golden fiddle, <laughs> yeah, boy. I mean, him and the devil played one on one. You know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he it, got dealt. Like, the devil got dealt up. He's got weak ankles. Right, known fact. <laughs> same, same. But he, uh, <laughs> he, you know, Kanye called out. He says all the names. He's already said, "I don't give a shit what I lose." You know, I'm I'm here for God. I'm not here for anybody else. Which the balls on that man, right? To say that in that industry, and and, and that's what makes me believe Kanye. Who else would sacrifice everything in that capacity? He's come out on stage and said he's sold his soul to the devil and he he wants to repent to Christ. He's come out on stage and said this person, this person, and this person are involved in all of these activities. Ask me for more and I'll tell you. You know, he's going hard at him right now. And yeah, he hasn't and, answered my DMs yet. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? What's he's a busy man. What's what's interesting too is like all these this these weird anomalies are happening, right? because mm -hmm. um, when we started with Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, but then you remember, and not, not even to mention like the 27 club and all that stuff. Yeah. But you have um offset, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, offset been, gets yeah. gets got. Right, or, or I'm sorry, it's takeoff. It's takeoff. Yeah. Takeoff. I see. I don't even listen to them. I just knew who they were. But <laughs> um, so takeoff gets gets dealt up, and then Aaron Carter dies, like yeah. within a span of like eight days or something like yeah. that. Right, and like, it, look, I, I, and, and I agree. Like that's why I cover what I cover on YouTube, right? Because I'm like, yo, this person, and then this person, and this person, yeah. and some people who are just so like obtuse and they choose to be troglodytes right like Good they, word usage uh, they they <laughs> will you know commit to this weird thinking that you're you know you're literally you're you know um have people who are consistent about you don't get it tmz <laughs> pays people for information i'm like yeah but they're always the first people yeah always the first so you're telling me that witness accounts police sources like i can speak on takeoff for for instance because he got you know off in houston i'm from mm -hmm. houston you know hpd didn't even have information they're begging the public for information for videos for all these yeah. things but yet all this stuff is out on social media before before anything but also to that within an hour it, this happened at allegedly 2 20 a.m by 3 50 a.m tmz has a full report with all the details with witness accounts and all these things and i'm like so you're telling me that khou or you know fox 26 here in houston can't even report they could they couldn't even report let me tell like do we understand this like they could not even report on what happened in their own city with yeah. their own police sources, but TMZ, lo and behold, TMZ has the first details. Like to me, and as they I was had doing, the first script, right? Yeah. Exactly. And then you know they have the first exactly the first narrative. Oh, takeoff was playing dice outside. Does that make sense to you? Like they're out uh, at a at a, a Halloween party. And takeoff is playing dice outside. Does that make sense to anybody? And then, hey man, look, sometimes right. you just can't take the hood out of you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get it. I get it. But then, there's a witness account 
on Twitter, her, uh, her Twitter account, I think is called Saint, and she has pictures of herself right next to takeoff. And it mm -hmm. looks to be that everybody's congregated outside, just standing around, and she's standing right next to takeoff. And she was like, he was not playing dice. Yeah. So that's the big conspiracy here is like, okay, HPD, you're looking for information, you're looking for witness accounts, you're looking for, you know, photos and videos and all these things. Here's one right here. Why have they not taken this person's account as a witness account? Mm -hmm. Why haven't they reported um, or or why hasn't there been reports ever since then? Right. It's been a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's a viable witness who says, no, TMZ says that he was playing dice. I was standing right next to him. And no, he wasn't. He was just mm -hmm. he was just in the background. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't getting in any fights or anything like that. But this is what the narrative is saying. You know, and that that to me is very creepy because it's like HPD won't even debunk TMZ. Yeah. And TMZ just gets away with it every yeah. single time. You mean yeah. to tell me the guy that has to stand in a box because <laughs> he's so short is out there snapping necks and cashing checks just to be first? Come on. Yeah, bro. come on. Come on. Come on. I, but come dude, on, that, that's that's the thing. Like, like like Tank said, that's they get the script. That's the narrative that goes out. That's the narrative everybody sticks to. Where the fuck did TMZ ever come from? You know what I mean? Like it's I not like no TMZ. Clue. Like they just popped up one day. I, Literally, I they just popped up. No, too. I want to know. I want to know where. Like that's probably going to be my next dig because like I am genuinely interested at where they popped up because you're right. It just seems like yeah. one day they just sprout out like a daisy. Yeah. yeah. Well, they had they had photos of Kobe before anybody even knew what really happened right before anybody even knew that he was in a helicopter crash itself they just had pictures of kobe and they were like kobe's dead here's the deal and i remember going holy shit how this is it wasn't a car crash right they're in a in a in a helicopter they're in constant communication throughout the time that you get in that helicopter and fired it up and nobody else was there before tmz you know what I mean? <laughs> like that That's shit blows my mind, man. I mean, is that like can I? And I'm asking. I'm gonna ask this question just for my sanity, like for my genuine sanity check. Is that not crazy? Is that not oh. like out of the ordinary? That's not natural. <laughs> no, no, they have no. a better response time than most big league police agencies. You know what I mean? Like. They're there before anybody wants a celebrity or I, a, a, any kind I of wanna, celebrity. I want to I want to say something but I I I'm putting I'm going to put this out there. Say I'm yeah. Pretty sure say I'm pretty yeah. sure that a lot of those photos that got to TMZ on that mm -hmm. were from responding officers and those officers lost their job. Mm, so those officers are sending pictures and getting I'm I'm getting I'm pretty sure that that got leaked and people lost jobs over that mm -hmm. okay if i remember right because after that incident it even came all the way down to us oh, at my no at personal cops plus they're or... like do not do not Don't take pictures do not take pictures and i for the life of me i will not take a photo of anything I mean, on my phone on price tag right <laughs> <laughs> it depends on how many zeros no, are but that's, that one. But that's a level of professionalism that should be it's known we know not to do yeah. that. yeah we know better so 
that I I'm 99% sure that that, that, that was the case in that situation and that in that specific Kobe thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but I can't speak to it, uh, how it always happens or how they're always yeah. getting photos. But he, say they are paying cops, first responders to th throw these pictures. Where the fuck are they getting all of this money? Cause it's not cheap, right? You're telling me that you're going to put a job $20, $20. that pays the bills for your entire household on the line to send them one picture of Kobe Bryant's helicopter I, crash. You I, know what I mean? I make good money where I'm at, and and, and I know no way. I know that's not you, fair to say. You have to put money out there that would be life exactly, changing, right? Because I know that's not fair to say <laughs> that every every member of every agency makes as good. We're as talking money the as you Powerball do. Lotto like a couple weeks ago, <laughs> right? But you get all but, of it, not six hundred million. But for Correct. for that to be for that figure to be enough for you to put your risk your entire career, including pension in most cases, yeah, on the line to send uh, one photo to TMZ, they have to make it worth it at that point. So it's, we're talking yeah. a substantial amount of money yeah. that, that's yeah. going to change hands for a, a celebrity crime scene photo. Now, the only thing, obviously, we don't know is what is that figure? Because it would have to be good enough for you to put that on the line, right? You're risking your career. You're risking the the longevity and security of your family. Hmm. You're risking you're risking everything. Because now you're not going to be able to go back to a law enforcement career once that happens. Give me two minutes. I'll give you the figure. I'll figure it out. Real quick. <laughs> no, you know what? But but we could very easily say it's it's very much could well be as far as TMZ is concerned. Uh, you guys remember that movie Small Soldiers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at the very end of it. When everyone's walking up to the owner, I think his name was Bill Maher or something like that, mm -hmm. um, of, uh, what was it, Globotech. Yeah. That was the name of the company. He landed in a helicopter, and people were like, how about all the damage to my house and my car? I doubt, I doubt you even have enough money to pay for this. And then, like, she just hands him a check, and he goes, oh, okay, maybe you do. Like, yeah. that's what it would seem that TMZ is if they're doing that has the ability to do that like yeah every single yeah. time every Endless single funds, time. yeah every yeah. single time and that's the thing like you know you're you're willing you have this much money and like i don't doubt that they they could do that like that's mm. a very well possibility right i'm yeah. a realist that's a very well possibility but they're doing it every single time for not just first responders but also witness statements exactly right? so yeah they have the first witness statements and here's the thing too like being in houston to me that's weird i'm not saying it's impossible not right. at all it's not impossible but in takeoffs scenario you know you're telling me that the witness accounts they they went directly to T they, that was the first thing that was the first thing they did they let's just say let's just give them the benefit of the doubt that this is what what was happening that they had a source within hollywood which is likely because you know take off hollywood you know he was with yeah. Quavo, he was with all these these rappers right so he they had all these hollywood rappers hanging out in houston at this bowling alley so most likely maybe they had a hollywood source that was connected mm -hmm. to tmz which is why they got the information so fast but that's the thing. There's Hollywood connections that are willing to talk to TMZ and say, oh, yo, like this is happening in the circle right now, blah, blah, blah. So all of that. And then they're like, hey, witness, talk to TMZ. You're going to get this amount of money. They're 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 doing that all like in every scenario. Yeah. Take off Paul Walker, you know, all of these celebrities. That's yeah. a lot. That's a that's an ass load of money that they right. have in order to exactly. follow, follow the money. money. It, 
I mean, guys, check this out. According to insider.com, as reported by Page Six, which is, you know, pop culture. Celebrity stuff, uh, yeah. Venue, yeah. So they paid $250,000. This is TMZ for footage of Salon, Solange beating up mm-hmm. her brother-in-law, Jay-Z, in the elevator. $250,000 for that bullshit. Okay. So, I mean... Can you imagine? You got five witnesses going, yeah, we got five different angles. They got to shell out a quarter mil to each one of them and and then keep it moving. Like, how do you keep the doors open to an operation? That's what I'm saying. I don't even think that they're feds. You know what I mean? This is this goes this is more than likely like related to some studio somewhere. Right. This, this is, to yeah. me seems like a PR agency with the facade of a media reporting. Exactly. You know, Ab- absolutely right. Yeah. When you start yeah. to look at the influence of agencies like um, I think it's called CAA out of California. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. oh my god. Hey, listen, the influence of that organization is profound. I think yeah. every I think everyone that's anyone that we know of by first and last name has an agent out of CAA. Oh, even it, you look in the truth community, and there's a lot of guys that are claiming to be, you know, one of us, and they got agents out of CAA. And it's you look at the the CAA headquarters, and it's nothing but Masonic symbols from from above, from the from the aerial view. It's like a fucking yeah. yeah it's 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 a Masonic who's who, and they're out here trying to claim that they're you know part of the truther movement but they're being told what to say you know each one of these agents comes with a handler and they dog walk you they tell mm-hmm. you what to say how to act who to talk to yeah hey guys, and and, it, and not not to veer off too much guys but you know we're at the tavern so i gotta do that from time to time <laughs> but not, to, not to veer off too much but this is why i always refer back to in some way or another, the Bolshevik Operation Trust, mm-hmm. uh-huh. where they literally they literally said, you know what? In order to get control of the op- uh, opposition, we must lead the opposition. Uh-huh. And so that's what they do. In this media matrix, they create these organizations to give us the information that they know based on this Hegelian dialect that they make. Yeah. All right, this is, this is going to get the reaction that we need in order to propel them into this direction. Mm. This is why I think this is why I think that Alessandro Valerian was correct in thinking that Gabe Hoffman was like controlled opposition too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by That's the way, he blocked not I don't know who blocked me off of an open secret. <laughs> someone from an open secret blocked me. Cuz something I, went viral. So I want to get into that. Oh, I want to questions. So I want to I want to get into the open secret before we wrap the show tonight. But I wanted to say this too, and then this this very may well be a possibility as well. Let's just say, and I'll use myself as a scenario. I get whacked, right? <laughs> no, not on my watch. I'll avenge you, dude. Thanks, bros. Not on um, watch. Let's just say I do, right? And it's some type of a conspiracy. Now, I know the lady next door or across from us, a uh, young lady. Uh, I think she might be a single mom, um, real nice black lady. She always says hi to us. She says hi to our kid when we come out and stuff like that. So we talk from time to time. We've get, we gave her some food one time. Uh, my son had these cheese puffs, but it was like real cheese. And you guys know, like, I don't 
So we just I'm like, hey, do you guys need these? And she's like, I would love these. Yeah. So I think, <laughs> you know, she maybe struggles a little bit. I see some notices on her door from time to time. Not bashing her at all. Yeah. Normal person. Right. But let's just say I get whacked. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they knock on her door and say, um, listen, we know who you are. We know what you're going through. How does a check for $500,000 sound? Oh, that sounds delightful. What do I got to do? Just say that the guy next to you was always yelling at his wife and he always heard loud noises coming from there. Because I find it very interesting that when you see these things happen on the news and they interview like the one random neighbor. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, very nice guy. I never would have guessed he made seven people in his backyard. Total pleasure. Yeah. Yeah, He always said hi, took his trash out a couple times. Um, And then it like flashes back to the newscaster. I mean, how easy could it be to set something up like that Mm. just ahead of time? And I'm not not saying that people that are willing to take the money are bad people. But you have no idea what people are going through. Yeah, life-changing money. Life-changing money. No questions asked. Just just say this. Yeah. Yeah. And be gone. For sure. Very very well. I I believe that I'm leaning towards that. I mean, Mm -hmm. like I I think I like I said before, like I truly look at TMZ type of agencies as a PR firm with the facade of a media reporting outlet. I truly believe that. And that's why we've got I mean, and I'll be honest with you, some of the TMZ stories, like some of them are like, oh, okay, this is pretty straightforward, blah, blah, blah. But a lot more, I'll say there's a there's an outlier of more questionable stories than there are genuine, straightforward stories of them just mm-hmm. reporting the news. But, you know, to say that, I, I also believe that they are ambulance chasers, right? They do genuinely mm-hmm. just get on. They're just the first on the scene. They're yeah. just they just have and they contract out to people like Backgrid or agents like Backgrid which is like a uh, photo, like a photo agency full of like paparazzos and photography yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, stringers and, and you know, guys, guys exactly. who basically exactly. they're like uh, contracted almost. 100%. So yeah. with that being said, with the mixture, they're muddying up the waters with like genuine ambulance chasing. They're the, you know, genuinely first on the scene, things like this. Mm-hmm. Then you have a celebrity, you know, Jane Doe, let's just say celebrity Jane Doe is like, Yo, we need a narrative on, you know, my husband who blah, 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 got whacked, blah, blah, blah. This is what happened. We need it to look like this. Okay, X amount of dollars. I mean, wouldn't that seem plausible that an agency like that, that's where they get all their money from crafted narratives Mm -hmm. based off of their, their celebrity, you know, appendages? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Central, central casting. (laughs) <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta wonder, and I gotta ask. I, I think Noel, you're wanting to say something, um, and we'll let you say, it, and then we'll get to open secret before we wrap the show. But I don't mean to go too conspiratorial. I, I smoked a bowl earlier, so I'm feeling a little spacey. <laughs> um, but I know Chris is like, damn you, damn you, damn you. Yeah, without damn me, it's legal in mean. California. What are you worried about? Uh, Not for us. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But um, well, hey, Chris, one day when we're all in the studio, bud, it'll about be about thirteen a, years, it'll buddy. Be a hazy cloud right above, right at eye level. But um, thirteen years on retirement. Nah, dude. 
Nah. Well, <laughs> hey, listen. When when we do the hooligan meet and greet, we'll we'll do it around Chris's retirement schedule. There right. it is. There I'm is not it. waiting 13 years for a degree. <laughs> you can wait in the car, dude. <laughs> um, no, I was going to say, and this is not to get you know, games too, on my phone. too conspiratorial <laughs> or too out there. But we're having a little, yeah, adding some, some uh, levity to the situation because this is some scary stuff. But I guess this is a scary question, too. But it's like, what is real? You know, Sam always, Sam always says, like, yeah, everything is a conspiracy. And it's like, you, I try not to do that because I still got to go to work. I still got to be a husband, be a dad, all these things. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't even know if my coffee table is real, dude. <laughs> I, have no, I have no clue. Well, it's always because shit like this happens, right? Like, just you mentioned coffee. Let's just say, you know, Mr. Folgers is doing an interview and someone's like, you know, your coffee's great. It's been around for you know, 100 years what is it that sets your coffee around? And then, then he goes like this. Well, what really is coffee? <laughs> and automatically, someone like me is like, what the fuck are we drinking then? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And, and it, But it's things like that. Like, you never get a straight answer about anything, right? There's always the long way. They take you the fucking scenic route to get to an answer. And nobody will give you a straightforward answer about anything. Mm-hmm. I think I think it goes back to what Natalie was saying about TMZ. They have some straightforward uh, reporting. Sometimes yeah. the story is just what it is, right? Mm-hmm. They do just enough of those that people, most people, won't question the big ones. Yeah, that drop like Cornell, mm-hmm. right? No one's gonna push back against the narrative because they've heard just enough of the truth, just enough of the truth that they're like, well, they've been straightforward enough times that we're gonna believe this. True, so right? if you if you give that answer or if you give just enough of the truth, just enough of the time, the majority of us, the the, the sheep out there are going to follow and, and, and believe that Arizona can keep counting ballots after the election day is over. You know, it just goes <laughs> back to, to that. <laughs> you, you know what, big country? That's actually a phenomenal question. And uh, to go back into the deeper side of things, I huh. always feel like on a daily basis, I have a continuing conversation with God. I think he sends me little messages, you know, little symbols, little signs here and there for me to to know that I'm going in that path. And so to answer the question that you said, it immediately reminded me of um, a verse that I saved in my phone two days ago. And that's Romans 1 20. And it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so when I start to ask myself, what the fuck is real? I think back to verses like that that kind of mm. put things into perspective for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Makes sense. 100%. I love that. Um, now, Natalie, as we get towards the end of the show here, um, I'll ask you at the very end what your take on at least Chris Cornell is. And if, if, I mean, we're trying to keep to somewhat of a timeline here. And there, there's so many things that haven't even been mentioned about all that. Right. But I want to ask you about the open secret. So through the research that you've done, it, unless it's continuing and you haven't gotten to that yet, was it a documentary? Was it not a documentary? Was it just adding to the hype? Was Chester involved? Was Chris Cornell involved? Or was it just uh controlled opposition good question 
from the concreteness of the timelines, I'm gonna say that there was not a documentary that was committed. In my personal opinion, I don't think that there was a, a documentary that was committed by Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington as a participation. And the reason why I say that is because um, the production company uh, that was led by Lisa Bean, and then there was someone from uh, Dave Matthews Band, the saxophonist, and I, I apologize for losing his name. No, that's fine. Um, uh, so, uh, Moore, his last name was Yes, uh, Dave, I'm looking at, because I feel disrespectful if I don't mention his name, Leroy Moore. Leroy Moore. Of course, Leroy he plays Moore. a saxophone. Yeah. Come on. Leroy Moore, his uh, fiance, Lisa Bean, had a production company that was going to produce the documentary. Mm -hmm. Now, before the documentary was even supposed to take place, the, the tweet by An Open Secret deployed out um, in 2017. So it was somewhere way past his death, right? Mm -hmm. the, the 501c3 for Traffic Jam who is Paul Myhill. So do you guys, you guys are familiar with the characters, right? Paul Myhill. Yes, ma'am. Yep. Okay, so Paul Myhill's 501c3 dissolved before that tweet even took place. Hmm. Lisa Bean's production company dissolved way before his death even took place. The, the death took place. I'm sorry, I said the tweet hmm. first. The death even took place. The 501c3 nonprofit and the production company both dissolved in times before Chris Cornell even left this earth. Okay. Mm. So with that being said, uh, were they going to create a new production company? Did they hire another production company? Like where, where was this going? <coughs> right. Leroy yeah. Moore died like way before then, like way, way before, like years ago. Right. From, from, they say cancer. Um, so my question is like, where was the plan? Were they planning for thirteen? I think the the summation of their of what would be the planning for this documentary were they planning for thirteen years to do Makes this sense. documentary? Look at that number. Look at that number. <laughs> well, and 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 I and I want to bring this up real quick too, Nelly, about the five hundred one c three. And this is not to add conspiratorial aspects to it. It's just something to be aware of. And um, a five hundred one c three, and and I and I say this to people that go to church. Right. A lot of churches are 501c3s and a 501c3 is basically is a tax credit from the government. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, the reason I say that is because there's supposed to be a separation between church and state. OK. Now, if you have a 501c3 church, it would be very easy for the government to go to the church and say, in order for you to keep this wonderful mm -hmm. tax credit that you get, you're going to do this. Right. And people want to believe that that's not a possibility, and I and I counter that with this: they did it during COVID. Yeah, churches True. shut down during COVID, and I bet you they got an email saying something along the lines of, "You want this five hundred C five hundred one C three status? You're going to do this." Mm -hmm. Well, I don't. I I wouldn't even say I bet you that's what happened. I know that's what happened because even here in California, they were telling churches. You know, even people would say, how about we start having church at home, right? We'll have a church in our house. And they would still come to their house and threaten to close them down from there. And yeah. any church that stayed open was being withheld those government funds. Um, they were being withheld, you know, the protection of a 5013 or a 50 or 501 the thing. The thing. Yeah. 
and you uh, you, you no, know no, the no. thing. Just yeah, you know the thing. <laughs> you know the thing. But they threatened him with <laughs> taking all of that away from Come them on, if they didn't <laughs> abide by the government's direction. So I don't think it was so much as this could happen. It was definitely that's how it happened. You know what I mean? Um, because there's a lot of big churches. It look, if you want to take it a step further, how many of these churches out of nowhere are supporting transitioning children, supporting the whole LGBTQ plus movement, Black Lives um, Matter, giving yes, all of the government, you know, alphabets that you can think of. There are major churches that are being told or are telling their congregations that this is normal and, yeah. and, and this is how the new world is going to be for them. You know what I mean? So the government is definitely pushing certain agendas through churches uh, by way of those nonprofits. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think that the nonprofit status of that? Uh, traffic jam was like mm -hmm. influenced and is that what you were trying to get to i 100 percent would suggest that yes mm. absolutely I, I i i'm not saying for sure that is 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 what happened i would 100 percent well, suggest that that's probably what could take place especially not to mention the connections that they had with uh the clinton foundation right mm. this magical donor Right or yeah. David Giff. Oh, Natalie, God try not to punch <laughs> your monitor here when you mention that guy. <laughs> what, what a character, you know? I tell you what, because we're a family show. What a what a yeah. humdiggity <laughs> wizard. <laughs> we're, we're at the tavern, guys. We're at the yeah. tavern. Guys. Keep the f bombs to a minimum. Trying, yeah. trying. No cursing after eight p.m. Um, <laughs> I already dropped one. I felt bad afterwards. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've I have a ticker going. I've lost count, though. <laughs> well, but we we've talked about it, and it's the manipulation uh, um, through government agencies with different things. I mean, we know mm -hmm. about TV, we know about music, we know about this. And look at churches. But I told that story. It still baffles me to this day when I went to church after COVID, right? And we're all in there doing our thing, and there's one girl on the front getting down with the Holy Ghost, but she's wearing a mask. And I'm like, well, you don't trust God that much, do you? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Um, but now from from the 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 aspect of all these uh, well, let me back up. So what would you say the the purpose of all that open secret malarkey was? Was it to steer a narrative or was it to steer a narrative so openly into the public's eye that when they can discredit them, Nobody wants to be associated with those people, mm -hmm. right? That the, the media said was all a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Yeah, those kooky yeah. kooks. I mean, right. is that a possibility? I think the latter. I think the latter definitely makes sense because mm. that's exactly what happened. We looked one way and not the other when there was a plethora of facts, timelines, and you know, conflicts that we could have been looking at this entire time. Yeah. But instead, we were steered towards the theory and... Here's the thing, too. Like, I'm glad that I went down that path and I'm glad that it yep. shifted my thinking because Me too. before, like, I was one of the I was one of the ones that were like, no, it's real and it's a theory. Yeah. Yes. No. Yeah, there's no shaking me out of it, because now that I'm looking at facts, timelines, because the thing like this is what I always promote on my channel. Like, 
it doesn't we don't have to make it more weird it's already weird like it's it's, yeah. it's weird enough it's fishy by itself if you just look at it it's not mm -hmm. we don't have to fabricate anything on top of it we don't have to manufacture anything sensational on top of it it's already weird and sensational right if you look yeah. at the concrete facts so that's that's my whole thing so with saying that to append to that question um, as an answer, I think we were we were looking the other way because again, it just the um, the illustrative behavior of the people that were associated with these rock stars with Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington mm. could have easily, one hundred percent without a doubt, gone to the media and said, "Yo, look this this guy who produces this because." This documentary is big. An open secret is a big documentary. It made a big splash, and it, and rightfully so. It was a good documentary. Yeah. He did a. They did a great job with that documentary. So, but the thing I'm trying to get to is they have not notoriety. There is notoriety mm. behind that name. So why, if there is a Hollywood producer producing this big documentary, saying these big things about Chris Cornell and Chester Bennington, that that ever make the media or did it ever make a conversation within these people who were connected to these rock stars because like i said before easily it could have been mike shinoda who was like yo guys this screenshot exactly this tweet right here don't believe it because he was never he was we never we never had plans to contribute that right. or any of the other band members for that for that matter right mm -hmm. like nobody came out and what does that tell me what Kanye is saying today, there are there are Hollywood, I'm, I call them managers, right, just to avoid the algorithms on other right. platforms, that Hollywood managers out there are people like Harley Pasternak, who I would have never suspected before Kanye would have put that tweet out that it was a fitness instructor. So how many mm. chefs, how many makeup artists, how many hairstylists, how many, you know, therapists out there in Hollywood that are contracted by the management companies how many are there out there that are keeping oh these, these celebrities in check yeah to, say, to not say anything right to not say anything right like in a, and it's 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 astounding to me that we're we're finding this out through the lens of a celebrity who is willing to lose absolutely absolutely everything in a of mm. existence to point these things out because now it, it points it more in perspective of, uh, for me that these people could have easily said something about their friends, their family member, Chris Cornell or Chester Bennington, and they opted not to, not yeah. in the bandmates. To me, that's illustrative of something way bigger than what can we can even see it in the public eye. Absolutely. Matt Lee, you, you hit that nail on the head directly because then that also makes me think about Lisa Bean's history as a publicist, her former history and her connections with P. Diddy and that genre of people, but also Vicky Cornell's past history as a publicist. Thank you so much. That. Yes. I mean, oh, God damn it. Jesus <sighs> Don't bring him into this, Noel. <laughs> um, it's got nothing to do with it. Uh, come on, God. Come on, man. No, <laughs> come on, gay. Uh, Natalie, can you can you speak on that a little bit before we wrap the show with with um uh goddamn whatever Noel just said I'm, Vicky I'm Lisa <laughs> yes yes yeah so Vicky Cornell was a public actually it was Chris Cornell he was in Paris uh I, I forget what he was doing in Sunday. Paris whether it was a show or if he was going for I think he was actually going for 
personal reasons. Um, I can't remember what the reason why, but he was in Paris and uh, Vicky Cornell was actually a public pub publicist in Paris. Now, fan the fan base even suspect that his marriage to uh, Susan Silver, who was his first wife, was wrecked because um, Vicky Cornell uh, intercepted their dude. Marriage. She's a plant, bro. She's a plant, dude. dude. That's not Natalie. That's big country. Listen, <laughs> according to total disclosure, Vicky Cornell was was like trained by her mom to be able to like navigate in social circles of fucking rich and influential. Went to a people. Jesuit school, probably too. It, oh, God, it could, oh, it could be that. Now that's something that. You know, like, and I've seen I've seen the banter online with her mother, her alleged mother's accounts. You know, on social media, bantering with fans, they're asking questions and all these things. And I could see where that could very well be true, um, because the mother is very much in the the social fight with Vicky Cornell online and social media as much as Vicky Cornell is. Mm. So you know, and so Vicky Cornell. Taking it back, um, you know, she, he was, uh, Chris Cornell was married to Susan Silver. Uh, they were allegedly were having trouble in paradise around that time. I don't know what the truth is, but that's what, you know, what, what they say. And uh, that's where Vicki Cornell came in the picture. She was a publicist. And uh, there are so there there's actually a really interesting documentary and it's it's like a 45 minute documentary on uh, reels. I think that's the channel. And they basically talk about the afterlife of Chris Cornell and the financial banter between everybody. And they describe this that, you know, uh, that Chris Cornell, he filed for divorce from Susan Silver. And it from what I saw uh with the influence and the um you know the just the presence of vicky cornell he was starting to make requests from vicky i uh, mean from susan silver like i want my my guitar back i want all these personal belongings back hmm. things like this right and so you know a lot of fan his fan base believe that you know uh that she somehow intercepted this marriage um because you know of her you know personal personal intent and motivation yeah. so that's how that's how vicky cornell now i have to do a little bit more in d digging on the type of publicity she did uh yeah. with with her career before that but yeah it was known that she had like two she had like a, a pink a poodle that was dyed pink and she would take it everywhere in paris so she was like a big ball buster she was she was always the person she was always she always was right like yeah. she always had this big some monarch stuff yeah man yeah. i mean it kind of reminds me of anderson cooper and gloria vanderbilt and his weird missing brother and all of the paintings as them as children like that's Let at, at chester bennington's dad's house Dude. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but you know like you see these family connections and then you see like the crazy shit that their kids are doing and like you know I guess to a normal person, it might be surprising at this point, but it's sort of like, oh, that makes sense now. You know what I mean? <laughs> because I thought right off the bat, as soon as as soon as they started talking about Chester Bennington and Vicky or uh, uh, Chris Cornell and Vicky, it it automatically brought me to Courtney Love. That was the first thing that popped in my head. And we know that she's monarch. You know what I mean? She was the honeypot going out, sleeping with dudes, trying to blackmail them and things like that. 
her mom did the same thing with her and yeah. Yeah. there's really not much difference in the operation of those two women in my opinion right very interesting take all I, all I know is I don't want to be in any kind of music industry. I don't want to be in the film industry. I don't want to be famous. I just Too wanna... late, dude. <laughs> Too late. Too late, hey, bud. Listen, once Fox Media starts to solicit whiskey, beer, and conspiracies, I'm out, guys. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, no, no. We had a listener say that uh, TMZ was owned by Fox. You know, Obviously, that, uh, that, that was... That, uh, that was Master Electrician Mike Hensley, by the way, from Oh, Shout what's up, out, man? Shout Master out, man. Mike. Another Sparky in the house. What's <laughs> going on, baby? But, but you know, we can dig deeper into the funding for TMZ because Fox owns them. Doesn't mean that there's other, you know, little companies here and there that are in on the pot, too. Um, but that's definitely a good spot to start because yeah. uh, I think that. I, I can't wait for, for Natalie to do a TMZ piece because now I'm pumped up Absolutely. on that. Got me thinking about, you know, where they come from, where are they getting this money? Yeah. I, about, I, and I want to do an absolute yeah. like corporate dig too. Like, yeah. you know, who, who were the original CEOs? I mean, like they obviously at one point, because nobody's, nobody saw it coming that mm -hmm. the information age would be as big and as transparent and circulatory as it is now because well before they would make these reports and it's like oh you know these people are yeah. never gonna find out this is what they're what they're reading blah 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 but now it's like all it, it was the um it was the great awake uh, you know call me a cutie yeah. whatever whatever the hell you want to call, <laughs> call me whatever you want but like it was a great awakening it was a lot of people doing mm -hmm. their own research doing the digs and you know rubbing these facts together and putting it in such a format that people would be able to ingest this and actually understand it versus yeah. depend on the media that would layman's terms everything but sell you a narrative that they wanted to sell you not what what, what the truth was right exactly yep so yeah. now we have you know all of this and so you know with that all being said like you know to to boil it down to it if if an open secret would own this idea that they were going to make this documentary why not just answer questions yeah why, you don't have like you don't want to share the documentation right. okay yep. okay i get it like maybe there's some people in hollywood blah, blah blah i don't understand like this is the thing what i don't understand about an open secret you share the documentation like two mm -hmm. pages out of out of 12 you share that tweet but you don't expect people to ask questions, right? That's the natural, it's a natural human nature to be curious. Yeah. So you don't want to answer questions. Instead, you're going to block people over and over again. And you know what? His his non-answer <laughs> to your last text message was an answer. So that's it. I agree with you 110% on why yeah. people like Gabe Hoffman would be under so much suspicion. And then to go after uh, yeah, Alessandro yeah. Valerian, once he identified Alessandro Valerian as not like a useful idiot to to help continue pushing his narrative, he turned him into an enemy. Yeah, I, 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 you know those are indicative of something you know <sighs> that that we're just not knowing more yeah. about. You know yeah. what this this kind of reminds me of, but oh, but in the opposite way. Um, okay, Boya, when we first met. There mm -hmm. was this documentary that we talked about. Somebody suggested that we do uh, a show about it. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember the gray state. 
Yes. Okay. Yeah. You remember that movie was supposed to come out. Yep. yep. Um, the trailer is nuts, which I don't yeah. even know if you can find it anymore. But oh, it was I like about that. It was yeah. the movie of like if every conspiracy mind got together and put like together a high budget movie. Yeah. It was this, and it was phenomenal. And then the and then the guy, the guy that was making the movie, finally got approved for the funding. The next day, he Chris Benoit's his family. Yeah. Which we're yeah. gonna do an episode on Chris Benoit because maybe that didn't happen the way that it did. Yeah. And then the movie was squashed, right? I remember Alex Jones was talking about it when it happened. He didn't go too into depth with it, but it yeah. kind of reminds me of this scenario with Open Secret, but the other way around. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's True. not the conspiracy I mean, of the originators, but it's the narrative itself. But we just we just saw the same thing happen with that COVID movie. I can't remember the name of it. Um, remember, you and I were just talking oh, about it. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. It was supposed it's to come a, out on it's a Michael Bay movie, or a... yeah, it was supposed to be this big whole production. It was supposed to be on Netflix. It was about um, uh, like a COVID pandemic. twenty four. They're on yeah. COVID it was a COVID strain that like gets out of hand. The world's locked down. This guy's like trying to get to his wife or girlfriend or whatever. Uh, there's checkpoints everywhere. There's agents out fucking smoking Songbird. people left and right. Songbird and. Yeah. There was a, you know, there's a lot of buzz around this movie. And then all of a sudden, when the buzz about COVID is bullshit, 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 we caught you all. All of a sudden, that movie is scrapped. It will not be released in theaters. It will not be released on any streaming platforms. I, I can't find can, a I copy. Think, I think you can get it, but it's on like you Sling to to TV some, or something. Some, well, like, well, no one has Sling. Well, that's, that, that's all right because there's three movies that are either released. Or being released now that we need to see the girl in room thirteen with mm -hmm. Anne Hache, the oh, Vanessa yeah. Guillen, the Vanessa Guillen documentary. Mm -hmm. Okay, and um, oh shit! Oh man, this was an important one, and I forgot it. That's what happens when you and, smoke; you forget stuff. <laughs> now listen, have, have you guys noticed that my medieval beer stein has? Not, yeah, heck yeah. Uh, it's it's not ended the entire time. No, it's I was gonna make a handful. I was gonna make a comment because I don't think it's been empty the entire time. Because every time it gets about halfway full, I keep seeing you filling it back up. Yeah, tank, tank uh, things right now. Okay. We're, we're about to hit two hours in, so I forgot yeah. two of the three documentaries. But listen, don't. Oh, my son Hunter. Have you guys seen yes. my son Hunter? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch yeah. the whole Watch thing. Part, yeah. Watch it, fellas. Watch <laughs> Nat, Natalie Denise, if you can. Watch it just to understand the level of debauchery that, for some reason, our generation has let just go simply unchecked. And this is no, all well, fun for us now, all of a sudden. Oh, I, I, the weirdest part about it is you find like these little corners of the internet where they're like, Hell yeah, Hunter's living his best life. And I'm like, What the fuck <laughs> are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, No, dude, clearly you haven't seen all the pictures or all the videos or all the exactly. emails and text messages. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Wow, I didn't know. I didn't know that they made they made a such a fast movie about Hunter Biden. Yeah, but and apparently it's pretty well done. Would you say, Tank? Exactly. Absolutely, one hundred and ten percent. It is a very well done movie, and and the the crazy thing about this is that it captures the the debauchery. Yeah. Very very graphically, and still does no justice to the true story. Can yeah, you I, believe that? It's fascinating. Absolutely yeah. fascinating. Another good one is uh, yeah, uh, the girl, 
the missing girl from the Vatican. What is it called? The Vatican. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just started I watching that. Yeah. I, I haven't watched it yet. I I gotta I gotta I gotta ramp myself up for stuff like that, right? I gotta buckle in. <laughs> I, I started watching that last night and my my wife, she walked in and she's like, What are you watching? I'm like, Oh, it's, it's a good documentary about the Vatican. And she's like, I don't want to watch this. I don't want I don't want any part of your, your stuff. It's a good <laughs> one. That's I'll catch a good it. one as well. I'll finish um, it up tonight. Yeah. Um well now uh now we're getting towards the end of the episode here. And this is the question I wanted to ask you, and don't feel like you have to answer it if you don't want to. But if I put a fucking gun to your head right now, <laughs> <Jesus. right? laughs> that you can't make quickly. threats like you can't make threats like that when I'm that around. Man, that escalated Ooh. very quickly. Yeah. Don't worry. You're saying tavern, you don't bro. have to We're answer, but you better answer. <laughs> you don't ever point a metaphorical gun at your therapist. Um, okay, I, uh, I, 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 I put a, a pencil to your earlobe, okay. and I say, "All right, answer this question. Um, do you believe?" that chris cornell committed suicide that night no personal opinion absolutely i just personal opinion absolutely not <laughs> there's a snake in the hen house there's a snake in the house we got her we got her move in move in um noel same question bud uh gentlemen i believe that chris cornell uh and chester bennington stumbled across something uh very profound but they were up against a formidable foe. Mm. And I do not believe that they committed suicide at all. No, sir. And Chris and Boya. Uh, absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, even if, even if you, we didn't know that you like, say Chris Cornell wasn't a celebrity, right? And, and somebody just said, Hey, take a look at these crime scene photos. Um, I know enough because I went to college and stuff. And I, <laughs> I know a enough. hell of a amount of criminal minds. <laughs> yeah, but but I know enough just about, you know, basic investigating and how a room would look if somebody hung themselves on the door of a bathroom. You know what I mean? I, like like Natalie said earlier, the biggest red flag was the blood on the outside of the door. Right? How the fuck so just looking at those pictures regardless of who it is i could say this was definitely not a suicide yeah. and there was probably more than chris cornell and one other person i think there was at least three people including chris cornell in that room that night can't say who i don't know that's literally just i'm i'm making that up in my own head yeah so chris cornell the pope and uh yeah. Albert Einstein walk into a hotel room. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? No, but I get you. There's not there's... Epstein, so <laughs> yeah. but there's there's just too many, just based on the crime scene photos and the stories of, of those surrounding him that caused too much of a discrepancy um to definitively say that it was a suicide case close. And I would imagine that Chris is gonna be like, uh, what's his name? Chris is gonna Buzz? say Chris is going to say it was 100% suicide. <laughs> End of show. We're not doing any more. <laughs> he pulls off his lizard face. Guys, listen. There's going to be a standing rule at the tavern. If, if Tank is at the tavern, there's a standing rule. We can't insult a little, a little bit more mercy for Chris. 
my guy right here. Two lizard guys in the crew now. Two lizard guys in the crew. Well, yeah, I would imagine, Chris, you would say something along the lines of the dude from Hot Fuzz because you have an eye for these things. You guys remember that scene when yeah. he walks into the house and he goes, you know that window was broken from the inside, right? And then they go, huh? And they look over. Yeah. Like, Chris, you like, would... Like Paul Pelosi's back door? Yeah. <laughs> Metaphorically. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. 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 Chris, yeah. you got that eye for it, right? I There's just too many discrepancies for me to say that it's an open shut suicide. I have questions as an investigator that I can't get past yeah. and I can't make sense of. Um, that would lead me to believe that something else went on that night. And I, I don't, I don't think that it is a suicide. I think that there is some foul play and I think that they closed it way too fast. Um, as far as leaving stuff out of the investigation to, for me to be able to look at it and say, yeah, maybe he did commit suicide. I have too many questions unanswered because of the discrepancies of the facts. Like Natalie said, there's enough, um, <laughs> uh in the case to to show that there's other stuff going on 100%. um so i don't know what it is and i don't know who what he discovered and i don't know who outside his bodyguard and his wife that are involved um but those two people in Probably my mind know. they they raised too many questions ab about the facts that they inserted or left out uh, of that report in my mind for a suicide 100%. Well, you heard it, hooligans. Jerry has spoken. Um, so, uh, Natalie, I can't thank you enough for your time, for coming on our, our live show, yeah, Tank at the Tavern. We do this once a month. Um, I know Noel was was pretty giddy when I told him that you were coming <laughs> on the show because he was I, looking I at your was. research. And uh, <laughs> Tank goes hard in research. I don't know if you could tell from his oh, report. Yeah, I couldn't I tell with the thousand page report at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is all um, I have. <laughs> it's like, guys, I don't know if this Dude. is enough. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> I had two hours. <laughs> uh, Love to see it. No, yeah, thank you all for having yeah. me. And I really appreciate the interest. Oh, and this, for sure. it's, it's crazy yeah. because out of all the videos, like all, all videos are doing good on my YouTube, but the Chris Cornell ones, views in six months, hell yeah. just the yeah. Chris Cornell ones are for whatever reason, just get buried. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But uh, so I appreciate the interest in that. Of Absolutely. Course. Um, well, before I let you go and give you an opportunity to sort out your, your social media and let everybody know where they can find you and support you. Um, uh noel chris boya any final questions for natalie before we say goodbye no this is great i hope that you know we could do this again in the future especially um with you and tank at the same time hitting us with all this information it's great um yeah. and yeah, yeah, i yeah. definitely look forward to the next one you have out look forward to the future of a tmz one yeah. uh now what I'm going to be doing in my spare time is looking into some TMZ shit. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you, I would Natalie. Appreciate for... some extra, some extra eyes. So, yeah, I mean, communicate with me, and if you see something, shoot it at me, so that way I can, I can, you know, take it in 100%. as content. Yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Love off. it. You're fine. I was just going to thank you again. Uh, loved the the video of the Chris Cornell video that you had, and I can't look forward to the Chris. Uh, Benning, Chester Bennington coming out. Um, I, for whatever reason, I just dove into this and really love love the information and picking apart the investigation is something I like anyway. So I look oh, forward yeah. to the future work. And if we can have you on again, I would love to have you back. 
For sure. And I really appreciate your perspective as a law enforcement officer. I mean, it's really valuable, especially with the commentary here, because, you know, I'm I the people just because like I, I yeah, I buy my 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 microphone and stuff. I'm a regular schmegular person who just researches. Right. I just mm -hmm. critically look at these things. And so when I have professionals such as you who are in the force and, you know, you you see these things day to day, it really is valuable that you know you are confirming some suspicions that i have it's like look this doesn't make sense so i really appreciate your commentary so thank you so much glad to be of service natalie, <laughs> absolutely right natalie and this is why i feel so grateful to have found a home with whiskey beer and conspiracies because uh, the insight is just absolutely incredible with these guys um the topics that they oh, decide to dig deep into uh profound and um <laughs> natalie listen you're you're He's uh crying. <laughs> your work absolutely phenomenal uh i'm yeah, glad to have you. um found your work i'm glad to have uh been involved in this particular live having you as a guest and i hope we can do it again for sure i really yeah. appreciate you tank and uh, listen like we should collaborate at least on something on on if it oh is, yeah yeah or what like we need we should collaborate on a piece and um you know yeah create create this because i mean there is a way to storytell the things that we research, yeah. you know, there, yeah. there is a way around Do that. It. That would be great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the world's not ready. <laughs> you need some help. Anywhere you need some help, Natalie, I'm, uh, I'm with you. No problem. Yes. Let's Anybody else? TMZ, baby. TMZ is the next one. Let's yes. go. Yes. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is anybody, you know, this is why I wear tinfoil. This is why I wear. <laughs> you know, we're just bringing people together. You know, bringing down right. cabals, making connections, breaking cabals. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, so, Natalie, where can people find you, support you, subscribe to you? Uh, yeah. So I'm on uh, the major platforms, YouTube. Just if you just spell my name in any one of those social media sites, N A T L Y. D-E-N-I-S-E, Natalie Denise. You're pretty much going to find me on Twitter. I'm shadow bands like a mofo. So it's I-T-S, Natalie Denise. It's Natalie Denise on Twitter. Uh, but everywhere else, Natalie Denise, Instagram, YouTube, Truth, um, pretty much any platform, you can find me there with that name. Elon, if you're watching, release her, Elon. Release her. <laughs> I play, I splurged on eight dollars the other day. How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> I love Natalie. Uh, also, um, also, if you guys are interested <laughs> in Natalie. trafficking headlines news, follow that account at on Instagram, the Daily Traffic, spelled okay. the Daily Traffic, T R A F F I C K, like trafficking. The daily okay. traffic so that's my other platform amazing amazing um wow this has been amazing uh I, I can't thank you enough this is this is phenomenal stuff um so we're gonna sign off here uh be sure for everyone watching to please do us a favor and go uh support nelly with all her work subscribe to our channels subscribe to noel's channels uh be on the lookout for that uh flat earth book that your boy is writing uh noel and i are working on a uh 9-11 in-depth uh book as well we're staying busy over here and i am personally working on a 9-11 documentary 
um, which I think I've emailed to a half mm-hmm. dozen people already and I've gotten some responses back. So look for that as well. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, subscribe to the Hooligan Tavern. Of course, this is a, a, an exclusive episode that you guys are getting, but that helps keep the lights on. We don't take we don't do advertisements anymore. We don't take the sponsors, as you guys know. So we're doing our own thing. So anything to help us get to that celebrity status and then we can start sacrificing people too. So um, <laughs> I'm out. I'm the one that's going to go. <laughs> All right, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you just cover your eye? <laughs> that's weird. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, and then people are going to see the... People are going to see this triangle and be like, they're fucking shields. I knew it. No, this is just the logo for my jujitsu gym. So I, I know that I'm out. I, I'm going to be the first to go. I know it. I just, yeah. We haven't decided yet, but listen. So I'm being I'm being sponsored by Miller this evening. So you guys yeah. have jeopardized yeah. my my sponsor. I know. I really wish I had Noelle, a sound clip for. I thought it was Modelo time for you, Noel. <laughs> Not to offend anybody, right? I really so, wish listen, I had an audio a... clip. For like brought to you by Pfizer, and then I just play that after the show or whatever. No, yeah, shills. I told you. Listen, I could do a, I could do a great Borla accent. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I'm lying. I'm lying. <laughs> for the fourth time. I'm oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I want to remind everybody about the countless lives that have been lost so anyways guys we will uh see you next month at the next live uh tank at the tavern and we will see you there catch the regular show every friday uh coming out at 10 30 a.m central standard time um and we'll see you guys uh next time take care Hooligans next week. Next week. <laughs>